Is Aaron Judge going to play tight end for the Buccaneers, or is he going back to the Yankees? I don't know. Looked like maybe Tom Brady was trying to make a move for January, but nice 6-7 piece would work nice for him there. Anyways, Buccaneers got the win somehow. Tom Brady, is he still vintage Tom, or is this just the Saints being a bad team? Better yet, are the Bucks back, or are they just bad? They're just bad. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, uh, it's like there's no reason you should throw the ball 54 times and only have 281 passing yards. I feel like you should have a lot more than that. I actually think they are partially back. It'll take a little bit more once they get into the playoffs, but they're never good against the Saints. I don't know why. And the Saints do have a great defense. So I saw a lot of. Um... New England Tom Brady last night. I know uh, the two the two touch or two of the touchdowns I had was a Kate Otten, the tight end. Yeah, Kate Otten had yeah. one. Yeah, and then uh, White, the running back. So yep. they dump it down to White, and I think that was the that was the game ending touchdown, right? Something something similar we've oh, seen yeah, yeah. back in the past. Yeah, kind of like a running back tight end um, duo type thing that we've seen uh, from New England. What were they doing though? They punted the ball with like six, seven minutes left. Yeah, yeah, I was punted I was the game away too. I don't understand it. Cause Brady was shoving them off the field, and then Todd Bowles overrided him and said, yeah. "No, we're gonna punt it." Mm-hmm. He's like, "I'm not Bruce. Get out of here. This <laughs> is my team." Todd Bowles being a defensive guy, though, maybe he just thinks that, I don't know, his defense is going to score points. That's what I don't get, is I think a lot of coaches defensively think that their defense not giving up points is, like, scoring points. I don't know if you kind of understand what I'm trying to say. But it no, doesn't make it. doesn't make any sense. Like, some of these defensive coaches, like, I've heard from uh, – other people talking about like Mike Vrabel and stuff and oh he's not afraid to punt on fourth and inches it's like well why are you punting on fourth and inches it's not you're you're not afraid to play defense I think it should be you're afraid to go for it like it's almost like they're putting making it sound like they're fearless but in reality they're just making stupid decisions and I don't know trying to make it look like their defense is gonna score points for them they yeah. said Mike Vrabel would punt it on fourth and inches. Yeah, that was a thing like a year or two ago. I remember. Um, I could remember. never see that. He's the, I my personal opinion. I think he's the most aggressive coach in the league. It's just weird though. Like why anybody would do that? Like, you know, a couple of years ago, I guess that maybe he was a little less aggressive in terms of like going for it on fourth down. I know he's not scared to go for two, but yeah, that was back when the Titans actually had more defensive pieces than they do now. Okay. Um, any takeaways from last night's game on the, the, the uh, Saints side? I feel like they were kind of the, uh, I don't know. I felt like the, the, the Bucks were the underdog in that game. Overall. Taysom so- Hill. Taysom Hill dropping the ball, which would have sealed the win for them. It was about mm-hmm. a 30 yard catch. I don't know Mark- how, that he had a good a, game too. Yeah, he had a touchdown. That much of a physical man couldn't hold that ball, and that must have been a pretty rough hit. Mm-hmm. That would have won them the game. Mark Ingram running out of bounds short of the first down marker too. That yeah. just 
what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. Why is Mark Ingram still playing? I know the Saints are short on running backs and everything, but instead of, you know, Latavius Murray showed out for them when they played in London, and instead of them saying, we're going to go with Latavius Murray here. They let him stay on the practice squad. Of course, Denver picks him up then because why wouldn't they? They needed a running back too. And they decided to stick with Mark Ingram. But I don't get that. Um, I think the Saints need to just tear it all down. Really? I do. I really do. I think that they are in a really, really tough situation. They don't have a first-round pick, so it's not like they can even say, well, we're just playing for a quarterback at this point. Mm. They're going to have to play next year with either Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, or Andy Dalton playing quarterback for them. Probably Jameis Winston because he's under contract. I don't remember if Andy Dalton is. We all know hmm, Taysom Hill is. But anyways, that's my take on the same situation. They're just going to have to probably be bad for a good two or three, four. I don't know. However long <laughs> it's going to take them to get back under the salary cap. Yeah, that's another good point. They're in what most people would say cap H-E double, H-E double hockey sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not in a good place to be for this organization. Definitely not. Right. So which elephant do we want to address first in the room? The, the elephant in san francisco or los angeles i want i think uh we should start with san francisco okay i have i have a steaming hot take on this let's go okay so i don't know if anybody else is gonna agree with this but last year around this time there was a series of documentaries about a certain nfl player that came out and this certain NFL player in the year, uh, maybe 2000, was a sixth-round pick, and he was playing backup for Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe had a horrific injury that knocked him out for quite a bit of time. And then some guy named Tom Brady decided that he was going to become the best quarterback ever, lead the Patriots to the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy, similar story, Mr. Irrelevant, who is not so irrelevant now, I think you could say. I mean, he's won a game. Well, technically, he wasn't the starting quarterback, but, you know, he played almost the entire game. Brock Purdy, could he potentially go on a type of run like Tom Brady did in his rookie year? Or is this just something where he played good because the opposing team didn't have to game plan for him? I think we've been seeing a lot of this this year. Like, just some random guy is thrown in the backup mm-hmm. slot, and he does well. Yeah. Um, I Skyler mean, Thompson. Skyler Thompson. Um, Bailey Zappi, our guy. <laughs> um, Malik Willis struggled, but yeah. you know, example of a guy who wasn't the first-round pick came in and played yeah. a significant role. No, Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley's got to come in for Lamar Jackson. Yep. And, and I think yeah. he'll do. He's going to do really well too. He will. He's he he's shown that he, he can do. He can run the offense just as well as Lamar. I think he could start somewhere. Honestly, probably. I could see. I could see him. I know. I know this is a stretch for a lot of Broncos fans, but I think he could probably start 
he'd probably give the Broncos a better shot for their money, you know, yeah. rather than Russell Wilson. Yeah, I'm I'm really hating Russell Wilson right now. Don't I, I wouldn't hate Russell personally. I'm just not liking the combination. Well, you might not hate him, but <laughs> I I can consider myself a Russell Wilson hater at this moment in time. Right. That could change next year. Uh, different head coach, I'm assuming, is going to come in. There was actually talks about you know Nathaniel Hackett being fired earlier this year. Then some thought he might have been fired yesterday. So it's going to come to an end, I'm assuming. They, they're they not going to play the Josh McDaniels card of we don't have enough money to fire the guy that we just hired. So, Well, they're already t- eliminated uh, playoff contentions. I don't think they're going to. I don't see any reason to fire him, honestly. Just let him right out the season. Yeah, they'll probably do that's it right. on Black Monday. Yeah. I don't think that's going to stick long. That He's so made it longer than Urban Meyer. Yeah, that's true. Not that that's saying much, but <laughs> Doug Peterson already has more wins than his NFL head coaching career than Urban Meyer. So, What a story. Yeah. But that's a flash from the past, and we're in the present, and now we're heading into the future. Um, Let's talk about L.A. Um, Today, the Rams just um, picked up Baker Mayfield off the waivers and is now the starting quarterback wearing number 17 in the blue and gold for L.A. Um, He could possibly play this Thursday. What do you think about this pickup? So for me, a couple things come to mind. First of all, what an absolute disaster the Carolina Panthers have been this year. Like, I thought that they weren't going to be very good, let's be honest. Then they got Baker Mayfield, and I thought they would maybe be, you know, fighting for a playoff spot at this point in the year. Not necessarily that they were going to actually make it, but I thought they'd be floating around 500, maybe a game or two below. They're awful, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, Baker Mayfield, obviously that didn't work. He asked the Panthers for his release, and the Panthers said, get out the door, please don't ever come back. Well, I don't know if those were the exact words said, but you can imagine that's probably pretty similar. Anyways, so Baker Mayfield going to the Rams. Here's my second take on the situation. Matthew Stafford has been banged up throughout his career. He's never, I shouldn't say he's never been fully healthy, but he's had a few shortened seasons due to, you know, different injuries. And he's been pretty tough coming back. Obviously, he won the Super Bowl last year. Mm -hmm. Good for him. But that being said, now that he's won the Super Bowl and he's, you know, got these nagging injuries, especially the elbow injury, I wonder maybe he should look himself in the mirror this offseason and make a serious decision about whether he wants to continue playing in the NFL or not. Mm -hmm. Personally, if it was me, I'd go, I can totally back off now. And I'm going to retire. The Rams' future is not very bright. I mean, they still don't have a first-round pick this year. So I think it's all going to come crashing down if it already hasn't in L.A. Well, to branch off of that, I mean, 
the reason they gave the three first round picks is to grab Stafford and win a Super Bowl. And that's exactly what they did in the first year. So yep. if I'm Matthew Stafford and thinking about retiring, I'm not even feeling bad because I came here and did my job and did exactly what the goal was to give up this franchise's three first round picks. So I don't think it was a dumb decision at all. It may screw them over for the next couple of years, but I mean, Hey, they won the Super Bowl and he's aging and they know what he's gone through for his entire NFL career. So, I mean, if I'm Matthew Stafford and I'm considering retiring, I, I would just do it. And if I'm the Rams, I mean, there's plenty of quarterback options out there, not just in the first round. I'm sure there's going to be some talents drifting into the second round. You never know. Um, even in free agency, but, um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, when you compare it to what the saints have done, this, they won the super, the Rams won the super bowl. You can't fault them for that. The saints are pretty close to the same direction. The Rams are heading, but they did not win. Of course. Yeah, I almost think that the Rams being bad this year is actually better for them long term. And here's my reasoning why I say that. So the Saints, they kind of hung around. I mean, that one year with Drew Brees where they lost in the wild card round, they were 13 and 3. I think that was the last basically the last big chance that the Saints had of going to the Super Bowl. Now, of course, they made it to the playoffs a year later. I believe they lost in the divisional round, but that was almost worse for the Saints, in my opinion, than it just blowing up because then they kind of looked at their situation and thought, well, we were close and maybe we can just run it back again, stretch out some more cap space down the road, and maybe it'll work this time. And they just kept on doing that. Well, the Rams, I think, were starting to do that. Like you saw them bring on Bobby Wagner, Allen Robinson, and give Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald extensions. I believe Stafford had some sort of extension work too. So they're starting to push the money down the road because they, I think, I think they still believed in the back of their mind that they were going to contend this year. I mean, let's be honest, a lot of people thought that they were still going to, at worst, be a wild card team win maybe 10, 11 games. But now you look at the infrastructure of their team and you go, okay, well, if it looks bad now, it's going to look even worse in a year or two. So I think this is a good thing for the Rams now that it comes crashing down versus them trying to be mediocre or just, you know, try to stay in that playoff hunt and never really getting back to where they want to be. Um. Question for you guys. Um, do you think this Baker Mayfield experiment will last for or extend into next season if Stafford decides to retire? I don't know if it will continue in LA. I think Baker Mayfield will still have more success in this league. I don't know how to say it. I mm. think I think he will find his place. And I totally agree. Um, the only reason why I'm saying this with LA specifically is according to you stadium and on Instagram, um, apparently Sean McVay is a very big fan of Baker. If that makes any sense. He's a QB wizard. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's a similar offense to what um, the Browns ran. So I don't know if that helps him at all. He kind of struggled in Cleveland, if you want to discuss that. I mean, we know argue, Cooper, argue that. Do we know if Cooper Cup is indeed out for the season, or will he be back for maybe one or two weeks? I don't. If I'm the Rams, I'm just saying we're done here. So are you. Just probably, don't this is yeah, probably just a money thing. mover, just to create as much revenue and ticket sales. I just want to see Baker Mayfield throw to Cooper Cup. <laughs> so... I'll I'll answer your question here myself. So if this ends up so if Stafford retires like we were talking about, I can see a world where Baker Mayfield is back being the quarterback of the Rams next year. The thing that's kind of murky for me as to whether that happens or not, a couple things. So first of all, how does Sean McVay control his personality? So if he ends up being just fine and everything with, you know, not a distraction, doesn't end up just being a total meathead like he was in Carolina and Cleveland, if Sean McVay can control him, I mean, we saw it with Odell Beckham Jr., he was able to control him. So can he manage Baker's ego? And the second part to this, is Sean McVay the coach of the Rams in 2023? there's a good chance that he retires also and goes to TV or something, just walks away completely. Now, I don't know how likely that is to happen, but I've heard reports. Um, forgive me, it's been a while since I've seen the report, so I don't remember who it was that said it. Um, potential reports of maybe Sean McVay will be done coaching the Rams now that they're basically going to go into a full rebuild. So that could be an interesting situation to keep an eye on. Um, I think they're going to probably need a tank quarterback next year. Now, either a tank quarterback or they're going to be looking for somebody that they can maybe stretch out into the future. I think Baker Mayfield is the right guy to take that chance on. I mean, he was the number one overall pick what four, four years ago so i don't see any way that the rams can lose from this because worst case scenario it all blows up and they are picking their next quarterback anyways but again this is a big if riding on the idea of matthew stafford and maybe sean McVay retiring after this year yeah i could see plenty of people retire from that team i mean they all thought about it after the win Right now that they mm -hmm. suck, I don't see anything holding them back now. Right. I think Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup were really the only true people that we knew were coming back. Yeah. Um, other than that, it was kind of up in the air. You know, Aaron Donald said he wanted to be the highest paid defensive player or else he was going to retire. I don't know how much smoke there actually was or how much fire there was to the smoke of Sean McVay potentially leaving after this last off season. But I mean, there has to be some sort of truth to it because I don't think that that would just come out like that. Yeah. Now 
When you say tank quarterback, are you saying like bridge quarterback, someone that tries just is there to get you through the season? Yeah, I don't know. Because the thing for me, a bridge quarterback would be somebody that you can ride out over two seasons. Because, you know, yeah, yeah. Jameis Winston would be a good example. So my idea of a bridge quarterback is somebody like Marcus Mariota that's going to play for a year. And then maybe the next season you go into the season with him as a starter. And then he'll eventually be replaced by a rookie. So that's my idea of a bridge quarterback. For me, the difference between that and a tank quarterback is basically somebody that's just there who's not going to like completely shipwreck the the team. I mean, it's going to – somebody that's watchable, right? Like you're not throwing Kyle Allen out there. You're not trying to make it so obvious that you're tanking. When, when you think tank quarterback, I, I, I'm going to tell you who I think, but who do you think of? Hmm, maybe like a – I almost want to say like a Ryan Fitzpatrick maybe. Like, okay, because when I – I was thinking Jacoby Brissett, but that's another good example. That's is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think those are perfect examples. So I want to move this – I kind of want to merge this into the uh, Deshaun Watson discussion. Um, Say – say – okay, Baker Mayfield doesn't pan out. Um, Could you see them reverting over to – the Rams, but what if this happens? Um, Deshaun Watson plays horrible the rest of the season. What are the Browns going to do? Do you think they just keep Jacoby on on the uh, roster, or do you think they would end up getting rid of him if he's playing like absolutely horrible? Like we can't even start this guy. Well, I think with the amount of draft capital that they gave up for him, they're going to have to roll with him either way. Let me check the terms of. Jacoby Brissett's contract, but if I'm in the Browns, I'm not moving off of Deshaun Watson even after. I mean, so you're going to get a sample size of what eight, seven, eight games from him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I think if he looks that bad, so Jacoby Brissett is a free agent after this year. He's probably okay. going to go somewhere else, in yeah. my opinion. But I don't think he's going to look so bad to the point where he would be the guy to get sent away. I think, if anything, the guy to be sent away would be Kevin Stefanski. So I think I think the sacrificial lamb in that situation, unfortunately, is going to be Kevin Stefanski. There was kind of some talk about this um, towards like the beginning of the season when the Browns first traded for Deshaun Watson. And, you know, there's always that thought of what if it doesn't work out because we're seeing that with Russell Wilson in Denver right now. So if it doesn't work out, unfortunately, the head coach, whether they were advocating for it to be for the trade to go through or not, they're the sacrificial lamb because they're kind of looked at by the ownership, the front office, whoever as the person that couldn't make it work. So we spent all these draft picks to get Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, um, Matthew Stafford, you name it, quarterbacks like that, that they basically gave up their entire future to get. So when you have a guy like that, you're obviously with the amount of draft capital that you gave up, you view that person as a superstar. So if they're not performing to their peak ability, 
your first thought is this is a coaching problem. So that's what I think would happen first. I think we're going to see a full season of Deshaun Watson in Cleveland before we make any judgments about him, me personally at least. Yep. But that's not to say that Deshaun Watson might look awful and have the entire fan base turn against him by season's end. Moving over to Deshaun Watson's start this past weekend, uh, his statistics were 12 completions of 22 pass attempts, 100 only 131 yards passing, one interception, seven rushes for 21 yards. What did you think of him? He was bad. He definitely appeared to be a quarterback that hadn't played in almost two calendar years. So, but he yeah. looked the same. He's definitely rusty, though. But you can you could see it. You can see you could see the rust coming off. There's dev. He's definitely still there. Did he you just guys time? Did you guys watch this game like at all? I don't I understand. I don't understand what. Can you tell me what happened? Because Nick Chubb didn't do anything, and it seems like the Browns it, it was defense the, it did was everything. The, it was the defense. The Texans offense just fell apart, and the defense took over. It was they silly had, mistakes. They had like three, three uh, defensive combined with special team touchdowns. Yep. I don't think what the offense scored dominance. once. Jeez. Yeah, that's an issue. But what this is a good team to open up the season on to get back yeah. into it because they yeah are, I don't remember who they play, um, but either way it doesn't even matter if they're playing the Bills or the Jets or something like that. He's still gonna need to find a way to get back into it, and I know yeah. his statistics are horrible. He he did make some pretty good looking throws, and he escaped the sack like he used to in Houston, and he he looked like the same Deshaun Watson from before, just didn't do a whole lot. So they play Cincinnati next week. Okay, it is a divisional matchup. Yep, is it in Cincinnati? Um, real quick, I believe so. Yes, yes, it is. Okay, that'll be tough. Yeah, it will be a tough crowd. Um. Yeah, the run. I mean, how, really how much was here. the how bad was the crowd? Did you hear it on TV at all? I actually heard a I heard a lot of cheering. Really, I don't know if I'm just confused with the booing <laughs> and cheering or not, but I heard a lot of positivity. Yeah, I saw a lot of people wanted autographs from Watson, even the Texans fans. So there's that's good. There's mm-hmm. still a following. Yes, definitely. Then of course you got the people who are over the moon angry but yeah i mean the the ultimate thing is is can he win games so if the answer is yes then i think most of all that'll win over the fan base i mean yeah so far he's one and all but let's be honest you could have put a breadstick in at his position they would have won flip-flop him and kyle allen yeah Yeah. Yeah. you could have put kyle allen there (laughs) my gosh poor kyle allen actually no because kyle allen Caused one of the touchdowns by fumbling a QB sneak. <laughs> anyway. Yep. <clears throat> All right. So I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, check us out on all platforms. Uh, 
Apple Podcasts, YouTube is our main one, Spotify, etc. Um, and we'll see you next time.